You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. she, her, hers. Um, well, as Josh just mentioned, I am the kids' self-director here at Forefront. I also run an after-school program in Red Hook, and I attend Lehman College full-time with a dual major program, an undergraduate and master program in health education and promotion with a focus in community health and nutrition. Oh. I have to take care of myself. So many hats to wear um, and many pieces to juggle. And sometimes I need to remind myself to breathe, to come back to the present moment and just be. I just thought we could start our time together by inviting you to breathe with me. Wherever you are right now, feel the contact of your feet on the floor. Big inhale. One, two, three, four, hold. One, two, three, four, exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four, hold. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Ooh, I needed that. For those of you who have read the staff bio on the website, no judgment if you haven't, (laughs) you might know that I was born and raised in Haiti. (laughs) I have two older siblings, uh, one sister and a brother that are respectively eight and nine years older than me. I'm the baby. We were raised Catholic, and Sunday Mass meant waking up at 5.30, 6 a.m. to get to 6.30 a.m. service, because that is the only one my dad would attend. Uh, I have no idea why. (laughs) Till this day, I do not know, and I don't think he knows either. (laughs) This torture went on for years. (laughs) And I remember dozing off many times doing prayers and sermons, because weekends were the only time we could watch TV. And I was exhausted between binge-watching cartoons and reading romance novels that I had no business of owning. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I had no idea what was going on during those times. And I didn't feel any type of way towards church besides it being a nuisance in my weekend life. (laughs) But I do remember my introduction to the Bible, especially to Bible stories. It was the year of my first communion. I was about nine. I think we have a picture, yeah. (laughs) And among my gifts was this set of Bible stories for kids. I can still remember how colorful they were 
and how fascinated I was with the graphics in the books. David defeating Goliath with a rock and a slingshot. um, Joseph, despite all the obstacles and his brother's jealousy becoming second in command after Pharaoh, I saw underdogs winning at every turn, becoming heroes because they believe in God. It was that simple in my mind. I wish I could say I made it to forefront and lived happily ever after, (laughs) but that's not how the story goes. (laughs) I had to give up, I had to grow up. I had to give up childish things and get the grown-up version of the Bible. That version of the Bible came with confession to a priest that gave you ways to atone for your sins. Many Hail Marys over here. Um, That version of the Bible came with forced fasting on Good Friday with no idea why and walking dehydrated in 90 degree Caribbean heat, dry heat for hours before you can be fed after 3 p.m. because Jesus had suffered for you and you should suffer too. Have you ever been asked to suffer because of Jesus suffered? That version of the Bible meant going to silent retreats with your mom for the weekend because you weren't good enough and needed some God therapy. That version of the Bible made my own mother tell me my life, my sexuality, and abomination when she could no longer deny deny that I was a lesbian. That version of the Bible introduced me to a father's guy as author Christina Cleveland in her book, God is a Black Woman, cover um, name that foreign entity that sits on its high throne far removed from our humanity. That version of the Bible only brought out Jonah's story whenever it needed to remind you how God would punish you if you didn't listen. I believe that every one of us probably has a version of the Bible that they were presented with. And we're all here because we refuse to work and walk in darkness, silently following leaders that consider questions as blasphemy. We are here to ask questions. Some of my questions today for you are, what is the version of the Bible you want to take with you on this journey of life? What are the stories that speaks to you and how do you interpret them? How do those stories align with your vision of God? Today's story takes place in the book of Jonah. This drama unfolds in the first two chapters. I love drama. (laughs) I'll be using the hero's journey structure to analyze this text. story starts with this random dude named Jonah getting his call from the Lord to travel to a city and become a preacher. Not a preacher with a nice setup and willing congregants, 
but like a street preacher, preacher bringing the word of God to their people. Think about standing in Times Square to talk about Jesus and salvation. Yikes. <laughs> Jonah was not about that life. So he does what many of us do when put in a scary situation. He ran. Like, I'm out, dude. His plan was to get on the boat, swipe his credit card, because his, he's a good person like that, and get comfortable. Take a nap, smooth sailing to his next destination, away from God's voice. I must admit, I got a little confused, and I had to read the passage, passage all over again. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3. How can this dude think he can run and hide from a voice? Especially God's voice. First thing I learned in, Bible, in Catholic Bible school is that God is omnipresent. Well, at least according to the Roman Catholic Church. Let's be specific. It got me thinking about my own life and the many times I thought I could run away from my purpose, my journey, and hide in nice and comfortable situations. Who doesn't love to be comfortable? Sometimes, like Jonah in the boat, I need some life-changing events to get me on the right track. My first moment came on January 12, 2010 at 4.53 p.m. My life and that of millions of other Haitians were literally shaken and unraveled at its core. In the midst of the destruction, loss, and death, of over 20,000 people that came with the earthquake. All things that seem important, like houses, education, and status didn't matter. We're all in the same boat, shaken to its core. The feelings that were coming up were raw. Questions were many. But I refused to sit with it. It was too hard. I tried to hide under safety of a new job, a straight relationship, and attending church, attending church regularly. I paid my fare by being the human that I thought I should be. I made it all about me. The storm kept brewing on inside of me, hurting all the people around me. So I jumped and ran again to New York. New life, new me, got busy, Paid my fare, working hard, going to school. Kept on paying my fare to get a comfortable life. Some of us know how this story evolves. Jonah ends up in the belly of the well. Or big fish, according to some translations. I was raised with the full force of Catholic guilt. For as, for as long as I can remember, I was made to believe believe that Jonah is being punished for his disobedience. 
it didn't make any sense to me. How do I, did I get punished for not listening when I had free will? If my God is a God of love and forgiveness, how is he also the God of vengeance? I do not have a foolproof answer to many of my questions, but in the past three, three years, I had a shift in my life that made me realize that Jonah in the belly of the whale is just a consequence of an action, a consequence that God used to give him the opportunity to sit and find peace and pursue his purpose in journey willingly. I moved to New York. That was my choice. This pandemic happened, and consequently, I had to stay home. No rent to pay, no place to go, no next thing to run to. Just sit with all that I needed to satisfy my human needs so I could get myself to a place to be guided, to heal, and start this hero journey. Many within the Jewish and also the Christian tradition believe that Jonah's story is a parable and not a literal story. But I don't believe that it diminishes its value. Jonah's story is a story of each of us following the cyclical path of the hero's journey. This is the version of the Bible that I want to discover. The Bible to me is a colorful book full of stories that covers all genre. It contains powerful words that can be used to indoctrinate, kill, and hurt us toward the best core. It also contains word of healing, human-made heroes, and fun stories to share with our kiddos. The Bible has been weaponized against many of us here, but as we step into this journey of deconstructing our faith and challenging our status quo, we need to reclaim it bit by bit. It will not be easy. There will be times we will run and hide like Jonah. But as we breathe, we live to fight, to fight another day. Let us take a breath as I read this prayer that I encountered during my morning devotional. Be a bright flame before me, O God, a guiding star above me, a kindly shepherd behind me, today, tonight, and forever. Alone with none but you, my God, I journey on my way. What I need, what need I fear when you are near? O Lord of night and day, more secure I am within your hands than if a multitude did round me stand. Whatever surrounds you, God surrounds you closer than your next breath, your next heartbeat. If you feel inclined, please submit your prayers on the chat or join a member of the prayer team if in person.
we are here, we can breathe and pray together. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.